Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So last night, the final game in Wild Card Weekend. Was that the first Wild Card game they've ever done on a Monday night? I think they've done one before, but I don't really It's not been commonplace, though, at all. So we had a showdown between the Bucks and the Cowboys, and uh, despite the Cowboys' kicker, they looked pretty good. Or extra points. How the hell is that guy? I mean, he gone. He gone. <laughs> he gone. He has to be, right? Are you, well, they, they, there's no way. No, no, no. It's not fair to say. He had a he had a bad night. The guy's been pretty good up until this. That's uh, Brett Maher. But uh, he certainly wasn't good. Four of them that he missed. And then these are extra points, folks, and they're not long. Uh, what, 15 yards? And he blew him off to the left a couple of times, off to the right a couple of times. <laughs> Almost reminds you of a Tennyson poem. Field goals to the right of him, field goals to the left of him. He couldn't make a one of them. Gee, but, but it didn't bother Dallas any. They, they were the better team by a long shot. And watching the game kind of reinforced what I've been talking about now for the last several years. Ditch, ditch. The, the champion of the division being in there automatically. It is not right. Seed the teams. Tampa Bay didn't belong in there. They have the worst rushing offense in pro football, and that's not hyperbole, folks. The worst. They ran the ball last night 12 times. Think about that. A pro football game, and you ran the ball 12 times. Tom Brady had it in the air 66 times, completed 35 of them. Oh, something like 350 yards, and Oh, a couple of touchdowns. If Patrick Mahomes had put the ball in the air 66 times, he would have had over 500 yards completed. Tampa Bay just not very good and didn't belong, and Dallas owned them. 31-14 is the final. Now the Cowboys go on to play the San Francisco 49ers out in Santa Clara, and that'll be next weekend, next Sunday. But the fact of the matter remains that Brady, who was questioned at the end of the game, kind of gave a matter of fact, hey, the season's over. Will he come back? I think he does. I think he probably entertains one more season, doesn't want want to go out on a low note, still has some capabilities, yes, but he certainly didn't have a team with him at all this year. Their offensive line was poor. They were they finished the season at 8-10, eight 18 games, and you lose 10 of them, and yet you're in the playoffs, and that shouldn't be. But the fact of the matter remains, they, they played poorly last night, and the Dallas Cowboys did play well. Well enough to compete with San Francisco? I don't think so, but nonetheless, they are going on to the playoffs. Definitely uh, all Dallas last night, but I'll go back to what I said about that kicker. Every time he missed one, the camera went straight to Jones, and the look on that old man's face said it all for me. Uh, All right, so now we know the divisional rounds of the playoffs in the AFC and the NFC. Chiefs-Jaguars Saturday afternoon, Giants-Eagles Saturday night. That's going to be a hell of a game. Bengals-Bills in New York. And Cowboys 49ers to close out the weekend. Let's talk about the odds in some of these. Chiefs have an 8.5 point margin to work with. They're 8.5 point favorites over Jackson. About the way it should be. Over-under is surprisingly large. 51.5. So evidently the smart money out in Vegas thinks there will be a lot of of scoring in this game. So Chiefs 8.5, 51.5 over-under. Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants for the third time this year. Philadelphia won the first two. That doesn't necessarily bode well for Philadelphia, beating a team a third time. And New York is pretty good. They're not a fluke. Nonetheless, the Eagles are a seven-point favorite and a 48 over and under. Buffalo Bills playing in western New York. And the Buffalo Bills are a pretty good football team, folks, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. But the margin 
I think is based pretty much on the way the Bills played last week against Miami, barely escaping 34-31. Bills are four and a half point favorite and a 50 and a half over under. So if the weather's decent in Buffalo, which is not always a given, uh, they may see a lot of scoring. And then the San Francisco 49ers Dallas game, the 49ers are a four point favorite and the over under is 46 in this one. And that game is Sunday night. So now you have what are essentially the quarterfinals and the Super Bowl tournament going on, and the teams are all set to go. And these are the teams that really I think everybody expected to be there. There are no surprises. But we'll see just exactly how things morph out. Chiefs against the Jaguars, Eagles against the Giants, the Bills and the Bengals, and the 49ers Cowboys, and that'll be it. And the best news of all is Carl Cheffers, the officiating crew, will not be calling the Chiefs-Jags game. But we'll be calling the Buffalo-Cincinnati game. So They won't be in the Super Bowl, though, because they had the Super Bowl last year, and they don't usually put them back-to-back like Thank this. God. But you're, now, see, you're knocking Jeffrey. He's a pretty good official. <laughs> Come I on, know, now. Hey, take off your Chiefs hat. I was going to tell you, through these garbage. Take off your Chiefs hat and look at things objectively. I am. He's been in the league something like 17, 18 years. Been around. He has no no dog in the hunt. They, none of them do. Come on, guys. I don't know, That's man. I don't know, man. Hey, you know what? With Cheffers, you always bet the underdog. So what are you going to do? Well, I bet the underdogs this weekend got my behind handed to me. <laughs> Cheffers wasn't calling those games. All right. There's an interesting good news, bad news day in Missouri sports history. And uh, the man to tell us is the man who remembers. Uh, you remember it too. January 17th. 1995. That's 28 years ago. That's when the good news happened. The bad news was a number of decades later. What do you think it is? I was 12, so I have no no idea. It it resonated with you. It resonated. 28 years ago today, the Los Angeles Rams packed their bags and moved to St. Louis. Ah, And two decades later, they packed their bags and moved out of St. Louis. Get the hell out of there. (laughs) It wasn't that big of a deal for me because I was always such a big Chiefs fan. I mean, I did go to Rams games because I was in proximity those first couple years, but like... It wasn't Arrowhead to me. It never was. And and every any time the Chiefs ever played in St. Louis, it was all red, always. So, I you know they had a, an incredible team for the greatest show on turf. It was unbelievable. But well, that yeah. that city just never really truly embraced they, football. They did for the championship team, but prior to that, and then afterwards when they really faded badly, their their crowds were way down. I think the dome seats something like uh, sixty five, seventy thousand, maybe a little bit more than that. They didn't have anywhere near that many for many of those games down the stretch. You but could hear a pin drop in that place during the middle of the game. How is that football? It's not. And then what really bothered me more than anything else was what is really one of the great rivalries in football, the San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams. That didn't manifest itself in St. Louis at all. It just didn't come to the fore. Still the 49ers, Rams. But where was the geographic rivalry? Yeah, there's no rivalry it's there. It's back now. Well, let's talk some basketball. Top-ranked teams in the country this week. Yeah, and Houston's back number one in men's basketball. Kelvin Sampson's done a nice job with that team. Are they a legitimate number one? Well, they are as far as the Associated Press is concerned, and the AP is considered to be the, the top of the rating services. It's Houston 1, Kansas 2, followed by Purdue, Alabama, and UCLA. Kansas, number two in the country. That's a very big test coming up tonight. Who do you suppose they play tonight? How about your guys? 
Ooh, Wildcats. And they play them in Manhattan. It's going to be a tough, tough thing. And if K-State really is the real deal this year, they'll prove it on the court tonight for sure. They are a good team. They're a very good team, as a matter of fact. You've heard me talk about the the Link Academy prep team. Well, their coach last year and right up until July of this year is is Rodney Perry, one of our former Bears players. And he's now an assistant coach out of K-State. He left the job and took the college job with the Wildcats, and they are pretty doggone good. Anyway, KU and K-State play tonight. Women's basketball, South Carolina, defending national champs. They are right there, number one, undefeated. They should be. Ohio State, LSU, Stanford, and the one that surprises me, number five, is Connecticut. Wait a minute, UConn? Come on, they're in, they're in, UConn's an icon in women's basketball, but they have been battered and bruised this year, and they're still number five in America. Gina Oriema, their longtime coach and the creator of that program, has been ill for a couple of weeks. He is back now. Their star player is out for the year, but they're still pretty doggone good. Interesting to see how this works out, but I can't see anybody beating South Carolina down the stretch. A lot of teams starting to make their case for what they're going to do tournament time, I think, and uh, I can't wait to do my bracket and lose on that first weekend, which usually happens every single year. I think I had one good year, but it's only been one. Drury basketball games last night. How'd the men and ladies do? Well, Mike, it was a split for the Drury teams up in Quincy, Illinois last night. The ladies, of course, are a nationally ranked team and at power, and I'll tell you, they're a legitimate threat to get the national championship finals. They walloped Quincy 87-49. to not such good news for the Panthers. They dropped another close one, another heartbreaker. Quincy beat Drury by a score of 84-83. So a split of the games in Quincy, and now Drury comes home for a series of games. We talked about the Cardinals players competing for the U.S. in the uh, March World Classic, uh, but they're not the only Redbirds. No, they, this, is, this is interesting because a lot of folks associate the Cardinals, and, and they should, you know. Well, they're all playing for Team USA, au contraire. We talked about the ones who are on the USA team for the World Baseball Classic, which begins March the 8th. That's the final round of competition. It's been going on since September, but the foreign nations have to qualify. And the USA, of course, is the defending champion, so they're in it. Arnado, Goldschmidt, Wainwright, Michaelis, they're playing for USA. But how about some of the others? Here's Tommy Edmond, former Springfield Cardinal. You know, he's second baseman probably this year for the Cardinals. He's playing for Korea. Now, wait a minute. He's a Stanford kid. How does that work? Well, the World Baseball Classic is pretty loose with their rules. If the player is from that country, and there are some, uh, Genesis Cabrera, for instance, he's going to play for the Dominican Republic. But Tommy Edmond, his parents, or his mom in this case, is Korean. So he's going to be allowed to play for Korea. All right, uh, here's another one. Lars Newtbar. Lars Newtbar is an all-America Southern cow. Who's he playing for? How about Japan? He's, he's mixed. His, his dad was Dutch. His mom's Japanese. Okay, he wants to play in this thing? We'll play him for Japan. Matt Kaperniak, who's a former Springfield Cardinal, and he's trying to make it with a big club, is literally from Great Britain, so he can play for them. Genesis Cabrera, Dominican Republic. Andre Palante, who pitched down here. Oh, anyway, that's an Italian name. Righto, and he's playing for Italy. That's the way it works. There, there are others who are joining the team who haven't committed yet. Wilson Contreras, they're a catcher. He could play for Venezuela. And there are several others who haven't committed yet. They don't have to right away. But 
I kind of I find it interesting in how international that game is now, and it is certainly manifesting itself in this classic. It's definitely a cool thing to lead up into uh, spring training, but uh, from a player standpoint, I mean, if you had the opportunity, I mean, of course you want to go for Team USA because you're you live in the United States, but from a, a world citizen perspective, it would be kind of fun to go join Team Japan and play with those guys and maybe pick some stuff up. We had a guest down here in early December as a fundraiser for the uh, for the baseball bears, Brendan Donovan, who played down here and now played last year for the Cardinals, won the uh, utility, gold glove utility player, first time ever to win one. And he played, he's not playing this year, but he played in the past for Germany. How does that work? Guy's Irish, for heaven's sake, and lived in Alabama. Well, he was born in Germany. So that qualified him not playing this year because the German team didn't qualify. And he told me when he was down here, he said, oh, it's fun. He said, I play with a lot of old teammates. Uh, Yeah, they have German heritage and so forth and so on. It really does. it, It brings together the game. Which is a lot of fun to see and uh, the point of sports in general, Ned. Have a wonderful day, sir. Thank you, sir.